0: Hello everyone and welcome to Debating Metal. I'm your host Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and along with my co-host Chris K, we discuss and dissect our favorite music, heavy metal. So sit back, relax, pop open a cold one, and let the debate begin. Hello everyone and welcome back to Debating Metal. I am Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, and along with my co-host Chris Kay, we discuss and dissect the hard rock and heavy metal bands that we all know and love.
1: Each week we also discuss some bands and albums you may not know that you should definitely be listening to, as well as giving you our big four on various bands, albums, musicians,
0: etc. And this week on episode 22, we're back to the head-to-head debate with Rob Halford, Fight vs. Halford. We're pitting the metal god up against himself to see which solo band is better.
1: And later in the episode, you wanted the best, you got the best, with this week's big four Rob Halford solo songs. And we've got more rusty metal and freshly forged picks for you.
0: But before we get to that, let us review. Last week on episode 21, we took a detour from our regular head-to-head format and did Odd Album Out where we dove into a few bands' album catalogs and chose which album stuck out like a sore thumb and debated why. So if you missed last week's episode or any of the other ones, you can listen to us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and all the major podcast platforms. And don't forget to rate us or leave a review. We also want to hear your opinion on these very important matters, so send an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com or go to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages and leave a comment or message and tell us what you think. Now, Chris, tell them what our Big Four was last week.
1: Last week, we picked our Big Four Megadeth songs. To
0: Check out the list,
1: go to our social media pages, and let us know what your Big Four Megadeth songs are.
0: And now it's time for some Rusty Metal. And my choice this week for Rusty Metal, I'm, I'm continuing with the 40th anniversary thing, so I am picking Zaxxon, Wheels of Steel, which was released April 3rd, 1980, and it's their second album. And after a debut album that came across a little scattered as far as their direction was concerned, Wheels of Steel forged Zaxon's place in the new wave of British heavy metal and was the start of a string of classic albums that solidified their place in heavy metal history. The album contains Motorcycle Man, 747, Strangers in the Night, and of course the title track Wheels of Steel that album is awesome. Uh, there's nothing else I can say about it. I mean, if you like the new wave of British heavy metal, you, you kind of know about this album. If you don't know about the new wave of British heavy metal, you need to pick up this album and check it out. It's basically what's, what helped start the whole movement back in uh, in 1980.
1: All right, cool. Well, for my pick for uh, freshly forged, it's something a little different. We obviously typically talk about music, but I'm going to talk about some merchandise that's coming out, and that's uh, there's a company called Super Seven that's putting out a product um, called uh, Reaction Figures, and they've been doing this for a while. Uh, but the specific reason is they're putting out a Rob Halford Reaction Figure, and what these are are they seven point or sorry three point seven five action figures kind of based on the style of like the old Star Wars uh, from the 70s and those early, early action figures that looked like that but they've done several different metal bands. Uh, They've got a Motorhead, uh, Merciful Fate well, King Diamond they've got uh, Megadeth now they've got Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. They're, they've actually just announced a new series of uh, Iron Maiden-themed ones that are all Eddie. They've even done some, some groups like uh, Run DMC. So it's, it's a really cool kind of vintage-looking action figure set. And uh, fans of Metal uh, are definitely getting a, a, a good selection of stuff now.
0: Cool. Um, I definitely gotta check that out. I, I didn't know anything about them. I I knew, I knew of Knucklebones, and I knew of the old Todd McFarlane stuff, but I didn't know about Super Seven. That's pretty. cool. Well, these cool. kind
1: of have like a, a like seventies, eighties cheesy action figure appeal to them, and I think that's what's kind of cool is they're they're picking album covers like they've got a Slayer one where it's uh, it's the um, Minotaur. Mm-hmm. from the the second album right so show no mercy so, oh
0: yeah yeah okay i've seen that one. Oh, so that's super seven i didn't realize that yeah oh, okay cool so
1: they do a pretty a wide variety of stuff they, they even have ones from movies like they live which i'm a huge fan of so
0: awesome awesome all right cool well onto our topic for this week and it is Rob Halford fight versus Halford. Um, we're basically going to discuss which one of Rob's solo projects was better than the other. I am going with the fight side and Chris, you are going with the Halford side.
1: I was going to pick two, but, uh, yeah, we're eliminating that one from the contest.
0: Yeah. We're eliminating that one from the contest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, let me go first on this one since Halford came out first. We'll put it that way or uh, not Halford Uh, since uh, fight came out first.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I I, I think you're wrong on that one. (laughs) You're, you're already losing. (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Darn. I hate when that happens. All right. So I got to say this right off the top fights album. War of words was a debut album came out in 1993 war of words to me is one of my favorite all time albums. Uh, it, 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 it's it it has to be in my top 10 i haven't i haven't checked my top 10 lately (laughs) but i i'm pretty sure it's in there i mean it's up there with master of puppets for me it's up there with ride the lightning guilty pleasure it's up there with white snake slide And an album is one of my favorite top 10 albums so war of words i mean to me front to back is 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 enjoyable you know it's got 12 tracks plus a 13th bonus track on the cd And I can listen to all 12 of them, all 13, all day long. It doesn't matter to me. Now, their second album, Small Deadly Space, came out two years later. It didn't live up to the same kind of hype that that War of Words had. It had some good songs on it. There were some really deep meaning songs on there, like Legacy of Hate, uh, it was a really cool song, cool rhythm, but it, it goes really deep in there when it when it talks about a father and a son and damage that a father can do to their child when they have a, an abusive relationship at home. It's it's a deep listen. The rest of the album is pretty cool, but it it's not right up there with the way War of Words was. And then in, after that tour, I, I actually got to meet Rob during that tour in 95 during the small deadly space tour they had changed guitar players uh russ parrish had left the band uh actually uh i don't remember if scott travis was still the drummer or not but um yeah he was he was, was. small deadly space yeah tour. so so the, the 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 band was a little different the chemistry was slightly different in terms of the guitar playing, and the songwriting but uh i i got to meet rob backstage at the small club great show But after that tour, because I I guess it it just wasn't taking off for Rob. I mean, they were still really small. I mean, they were playing clubs. And, you know, Rob's coming off of playing, you know, arenas and and stadiums. I guess because it wasn't moving fast enough or didn't grow the way he thought it was going to grow, he kind of basically put it to the side. Scott Travis went back to Judas Priest. And he went on to do some other side projects that we won't talk about. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I agree I, I really love the first album I think it's uh, pretty solid from beginning to end There's not a track I really skip um, Small Deadly Space I Yeah, I, I get the, um, the deep meaning And it is, it is an alright album It's definitely not on the level of uh, War of Words
0: No, that's unfortunate though <laughs> But War of Words was damn good
1: but you know that's that's pretty typical for a band that uh, is putting out their their sophomore album. There's always what they call the sophomore slump, and it's it's not unusual for that to happen. Uh, but but the, the I guess the big deal is that the first album sold really well, and the second album only really sold a, a quarter as well.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't. I mean, the first album there was a lot of anticipation because everyone knew that Rob had left priest and he was making this band that you know a lot of people heard was supposed to be heavier or harder than priest um, and then you drop that needle or you put press play on that CD player and you hear into the pit and it's like I mean it literally just blows your face off it, it is wild because it builds up with this slow uh, quiet um, I don't want to say a scream it's not a scream it's just someone talking and it's distorted, and then all of a sudden, they they basically say that the title of the song into the pit in a really slow, distorted way, and then that drum beat from from Scott comes in and just like I said, blows your face off. I mean, it's 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 oh, yeah. crazy.
1: It's, Scott's one of my favorite drummers. I mean, yeah, I, I love the work that he did on on Painkiller before this. I mean that was that was the same reaction I had with Painkiller. I mean it just blew, <laughs> blew my yeah, face off exactly. And I was I was in love with that album from the first drum beat. And one thing that I really love about the first album too is it it's got Rush Par- Rush Parrish on it, and he's he's known as the uh, the guitarist Satchel in um gosh what's the band called uh, Steel Panther. Panthers. Which uh, Steel Panthers fantastic. I I'm a big fan of them. I know some of the '80s guys have uh, kind of decided that they don't they don't like them after, you know, several years of them, them kind of doing their shtick, but I I I've, I've been to see them before and I thought their their show was freaking hilarious, but not not only that the music was great. You know and you know why people really are jealous, fun.
0: right? Because they're an eight they're they're pretending to be an 80s act and they have a bigger they they have bigger crowds than the actual 80s act that they're that they're making fun of.
1: Exactly. And, <laughs> and if if the, if the guys that you know, were throwing a fit about it, just kind of included themselves in on the joke a bit rather than taking themselves so freaking seriously. They would probably, you know, the fans would enjoy them as much.
0: And not only that, maybe, you know, if they would sit back and, and realize that, that that the music that they've been putting out lately sucks, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe they would sit there and try to step up their game and say, hey, you know what, these guys are making fun of us, but they're doing a better job of, of, of us than we are of, of us. You know, so and
1: I, I didn't even really feel like it, you know when seeing them live. I didn't really think uh, they were making fun per se. They were they were they were living the old lifestyle to a degree. I mean, they I, they do their own thing in their their personal lives, but they they are doing a parody of that. But the music is
0: good, right? And that, that's that's what I'm. I mean, bottom line, that's what I'm trying to get at is that mm-hmm. their music that they're putting out is better. Than what these '80s bands are putting out, mm-hmm. and you know, so oh, I agree. So yeah. when the '80s bands sit there and they they can't sell out a 500 seat club, but you know, Steel Panthers doing these 2,000 seat theaters or whatever it is that they do, you know, don't, don't be jealous. Step up your game. Come on, let's do this. You know, oh, I agree. I mean, there's room for everybody. So you know, you're out there touring, but you you want to play someplace better? Step up the game. Come on now
1: i agree all right so so back to the main topic mm -hmm. um after rob halford left uh fight he did a project with uh john five called two which was you know not what people were expecting it was uh, industrial metal you know is is his chance to explore and do something different but after that he puts out A Resurrection, which was just that. It's A Resurrection of the Metal God. Uh, it was a fantastic album. Just like with Fight, with War of Words, this thing was uh, just a killer from beginning to end. And even better, I like the the, the remastered version, which added some or several tracks, uh, some of them from the uh, Japanese bonus tracks, which I love, Sad Wings. It's a freaking awesome song. So they follow that up with Crucible, and Crucible is even heavier than, than Resurrection. I don't think it's quite as strong of an album, but it's really got some great tracks on there. Betrayal is is amazing. It's just a heavy hitter. He sings in such a high register in Halford. Uh, it's That's one thing that kind of sets apart Fight from Halford is the way he sings on those albums. But, um,
0: wait, hold on a second, because... I wrote on my notes that that song is a good song, but to me, in my opinion, it tries too hard to be like "Into the Pit," which is a fight song, where Rob did sing in a high register, basically screaming, very similar to "Painkiller" in "Into the Pit." So those three songs, if you look at it, you know, "A Painkiller" from from Priest, "Into the Pit" from Fight, and "Betrayal." I think that the all three, it's almost like a trilogy of songs because they're they're it's just straight up screaming it's killer drum beats and all out great riffs. So it's it's like the third song in the, in the in a trilogy of, of of songs that that are in the same vein. I like it. I like I, I like Betrayal a lot.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really strong song. I don't I don't necessarily feel like it's trying to be um into the pit, but it definitely has a similar style.
0: So my thing, okay, so when you when you look at the albums cuz Halford released a third album called uh what made of metal
1: no uh, there, there was winter songs was halford three um, yeah which I don't, I don't i, think I we really need to talk about that one because it's not it's not really in the same vein it was it was like a it, it's a christmas fun album fun christmas project mm-hmm. uh but made of metal yeah it was the fourth album
0: right so to me by the i mean by the time he did winter songs and he did made of metal he was already back in priest mm-hmm. so to me the way I compare these two bands is Halford or, or Fight did War of Words and Small Deadly Space, and then Rob came out with Halford and Resurrection and Crucible. It, it's it's almost like a one-for-one a one or two-for-two two comparison. I think it's a really good way to compare the two of them because both of them had very strong debut albums, and then both second albums were not as strong, and basically led rob to to make further decisions that would change the path of his career, one going down to two, if I said that correctly, no pun intended <laughs> no pun intended, and then the other leading back to judas priest and and neither one when they when they went to their you know when he decided to disband both bands, uh, neither one uh was a bad decision necessarily in his eyes, because he, he had to do what he had to do when, especially when he went to do two as coming out as gay, the way, you know, the way he came out, he felt he needed to do something. And that was the way he needed to express himself. And and for what it's worth, it was it was an album that he got what he needed to get out of it. I wish that because John five says that there's a different version of that album. It's a different mix. That's a lot heavier sounding. I would love to hear that because some of the songs are not horrible, but I I just think a lot of it has to do with the mix and the way they made it sound industrial. He said, Mm -hmm. John five says it's a more heavy version, more metal. I gotcha. But yeah, so I I like the, I like this comparison that we can go, you know, war of words against resurrection, small deli space versus crucible. Almost.
1: Well, I'm fine with that, but I I don't want to take anything away from Made of Metal because I actually really like that album. The the lyrics are a bit cheesy in places, but there's some really good riffs in there. I really like Fire Nice. I think that's a great song. Um, Even the title track, Made of Metal, which is about, it seems like it's about race cars. It's it's I think it's a good album overall. It's 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 a lot of fun, and if you're a metal fan, it's it's a it's a good listen.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from that. It's a very good album. My my only thing is that it was he was already back in Priest, so it was almost like Bruce Dickinson when he came out with Tyranny of Souls. Even though Tyranny, Tyranny of Souls is an amazing album, uh, it, he was already back in Maiden. Rob was already back in Priest when he released Made of Metal, so I, that's the only my I'm not. Discounting it or taking it away, I'm just saying that to me, I, I don't count it as much because it was or it was an album that almost felt like it was in, like an obligation to make.
1: I, I don't think so. I mean, they even made music videos for at least one of the tracks. I know Made of Metal had a music video. It was actually really cool. It was animated, but uh, I don't think I don't feel like it was an obligation. I, I think it was just something he. He continues to experiment and do more things. Like he just released another Christmas album, which is not Judas Priest related. It's just, and it's not even Halford. It's it's Rob Halford.
0: Yeah, was it Rob Halford and friends or something like that?
1: I think it was just uh, just released under Rob Halford, but yeah, it included some some guest stars.
0: That's cool. Well, my preference now, you know, when I look at the two albums uh, that the two debut albums, War of Words versus Resurrection. My my opinion is that War of Words is a better album than Resurrection, but at the same time, they're two different kinds of albums because they're two different kinds of bands. If you if you you know if you understand, Resur- you know Resurrection is very Halford is more almost in line with Judas Priest in that kind of uh, metal, where War of Words or Fight is, I guess at the time, and this is 1993. They 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 they, they kind of I don't know. It almost felt like he just wanted to to go so far away from Priest and so far away from the grunge movement at, at certain times on the album, but at other times it, it's it's a fairly straightforward heavy metal album. But it, to me, it's it's more angry, and it's it's a more for pun intended vicious uh, <laughs> album.
1: Well, yeah, I mean the track vicious for sure. Um, the only thing that I tend to get tired of in a way, is I feel like the lyrics on Fight are much more simplistic um, on the first album. And then obviously on the second album, he goes much deeper and more poetic. Um, whereas a lot of times there there's a story being told on on the, the Halford songs, and I like that. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, storytellers when it comes to music. And I, that's one thing that I really enjoy about the Halford albums versus Fight.
0: I, I'll give you that. I, I do like the storytelling on, on Resurrection, especially the song Resurrection, because that, that, the story on that song itself is exact, it's basically Rob Halford's autobiography. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his trip through time and the realization that he needed to basically come back. And that, to me more than more than the crucible that to me was the the seeds that were planted to get back into judas priest and what oh yeah
1: i I don't know if it was directly trying to send that message or anything like that but i think it was a uh, he he was always going to gravitate back to what felt natural and i think hiding who you are being afraid to come out in a world especially that's that's kind of even though, let's let's be honest. Some of the outfits were very effeminate at the time, but it, it wasn't a, a masculine world. And and metal has always kind of been that way. It's 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 you know, it, it's not really geared toward feminine nature. And not saying he is, but at the same time, I think that act in life of of coming out of the closet is always something that that takes. Uh, a really brave person to to explore and to admit to, and it, and in our world now it's becoming easier and easier, which is great. Uh, but at the time in in the '90s, it was still, I'm sure, very tough. And I guess it was before that, and for him. But I think he always, towards the end of Judas Priest, felt like he was um, a little bit of of a oddball in there, and so he went off explored the things that he needed to do and then at the end realized you know what i'm i am the metal god i'm 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 always going to be this guy even though i you know i'm opening up my world i got to return to my roots
0: exactly i mean it had to be tough for him because of the fact that he was the metal god this guy who basically changed the way Metalheads dressed you know the ironic part was that's the way that he as a gay man was dressing in the 70s and some of the guys like in the village people you know they were dressing that way yet he brought that to the mainstream metal community and the metal community adopted it like yeah okay this is cool studs metal leather awesome <laughs> with the with the irony of not realizing where it came from at the time is is quite awesome actually when I think about it. Because some people and then in to this day, I mean when you see the black metal bands and just all the all the quote unquote armor that they wear, you know, <laughs> with the spikes and everything, it's just so over the top. And to to know where those humble beginnings came from <laughs> is awesome. So you like the story. I love Rob Halford's way of storytelling, and I think there's there's some stories that are that are being told. I don't think they're as personal and as deep in fight, like you said, but there is some really cool storytelling going on I mean, with with little crazy, uh, War of Words, Immortal Sin. Those those songs on the Fight album, there's I wouldn't say it's deep in, in personal, but it, it's it's reflective of what's going on. At the time And so I think that's where those stories Came from as opposed to being personal
1: Well I I mean to negate my argument to a degree I think one thing is that It's more it, It's more emotional In a way
0: Resurrection it, but or, it, or no, fight, um, fight War of fight, words, war of words. And, yes. and,
1: and in that I mean it's it's Kind of raw and animalistic in a way The lyrics are simple They're to the point They're brutal Mm-hmm. And it, it's you—you you have no notions other than what he's trying to tell you, and and it's almost like um, the the kind of art where you you know the artist takes a, a, a brush and slings it against the, the the canvas, and you just get that that image of all the the emotions and passage of time that all the the layers upon layers have uh hit the canvas it's almost like that where it's not it's not as poetic and thought out but it's it's raw and and full of of emotion
0: yeah i there was definitely a ton of emotion on that album a big bunch of anger in some Mm -hmm. in some especially with into the pit and war of words and contortion and kill it vicious those i mean those bunch of songs at the end were really you know lack of a better term, vicious, they were very, very raw and in mm-hmm. your face. It's, it is definitely in your face. I mean, there's really not much else I can say. It's hard, it's, it's hard to describe it because those those songs, Contortion, Kill It, and Vicious are just three brutal songs back-to-back at the end of that album. And then the funny thing is he finishes it with a, with, you know, he puts that bonus track on at nine minutes and 43 seconds after the end of the track, Reality, A New Beginning. He puts this song "Jesus Saves," but it's it's like he's listening to it through uh, like a like a transistor radio. It sounds it sounds worse than a death metal album. I mean, not a death metal, a black metal album. It sounds worse than than, than Dark Thrones album. It's just it's it's like they put a microphone up to a transistor radio, and he sings a song called "Jesus Saves," which is just kind of. Tells you where where Rob was at at the time because he 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 is a Christian, you know. Not a lot of people realize this, and so it it's, it's somewhere in there. There's a, there's this little tiny boy, come trying to come out at the time, and he wasn't there yet. It wasn't until 1997 that he came out of the closet. So there was there was definitely something brewing at that point.
1: Oh yeah, so. One thing that, like I said, there's storytelling in Resurrection, and that's one thing I really love about Rob Halford in general. I always liked in, when he was in Judas Priest, he would kind of create these, these heroes that would appear in these songs, you know, um, and not just heroes, but sometimes uh, threatening figures. And you, you, you kind of got uh, an image in your head of these characters, and that, that was always so cool. And, and so he kind of returns to this concept in Resurrection where he's crafting a story that you can visualize in your head. And that's one thing I always really loved. And that's, again, why Painkiller is one of my favorites, because it, it, the words are are just so elaborate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, they're telling the story, and I, I can just see the whole thing in my head. And I always kind of viewed Painkiller as like a uh, a movie in my head, you know. And th- And that was kind of how I felt about resurrection was he's telling this story and he's, he's returning to his roots and you know, it, it, it goes there from to, to made in hell. And I can, I, you know, I can see what he's telling me locked and loaded. The whole story is, is, you know, it's, it's not a cohesive story. Like, like some of the old albums were, but everything is there and it's just so strong in my mind.
0: Right. And, and I think, that's where a small Deadly Space uh, for Fight was a good record, but it didn't live up to War of Words. But that one is definitely a lot more personal, a lot deeper in terms of lyrics than than War of Words, mm. uh, especially with a song like Legacy of Hate, the words to I Am Alive and Blow Out in the Radio Room. All these songs, you know, like Legacy of Hate was this really cool up-tempo song a lot of lot of drumming in it where i'm alive and blow out in the radio room are these slow brooding very heavy sounding songs and they're both relatively catchy and then like i am alive has this melancholic chorus that just kind of you know brings you in and then it goes back to just basically beating you over the head with a bat (laughs) (laughs) uh and similar to blow out in the radio room is just this slow methodical Song catchy, but you know slow and methodical, and that and that's and then the words behind it are are just it's definitely a lot more personal than it was on War of Words for Fight. Some of it may have you know, and then the music I, I don't know it's weird because I, I think the change in guitar players is what kind of made it heavier to to some degree because Fight War of Words is pretty heavy, but it's mm-hmm. it it's like um. It almost sounds it almost feels like a, a buzzsaw blade, the guitar playing on it. You know uh Russ's Russ's guitar playing, you know, leading the the charge on that. It was very machine like, very um the attack on it was, was very um like you know, listening to, to woodworking tools or, or machines like that, where small deadly space it was very chuggy, you know, a lot more uh heavier especially in a tone because the tone, cause the tone on, on on war of words a little thin in terms of recording the production and sound but then when you get to small deadly space it's just very heavy chugging you know downtuned all that stuff but definitely more personal which i i put into the same kind of space as crucible crucibles yeah, just I, to me I is just I totally like that.
1: Agree. It's it's heavier, it's darker, right? it's moodier. That that's that's um,
0: a, that darker and moodier is exactly the way to describe both of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, the 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 first track and it I guess it depends on which version you have, um but let's I guess let's talk about the original version before mm-hmm. they they re-released it and rearranged all the tracks. Um which is which is I think one reason why maybe you say that, that Betrayal feels so much like Into the Pit was because when they re-released it, they they stuck it at the beginning of the album because it does feel like an album opener more than the Park Manor Crucible intro. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely can see that. I honestly think that the, the remixed and remastered version has a better track order. But, I mean, realistically, I think we need to talk about the original release, Um, Yeah, just because that's that's what came out in 2002. So I I agree in the same. It's funny that that the same thing happened with both bands. You have have the first release, which is a little, I guess, more accessible in a way, whereas the second release goes into more of a groovy, um, heavy sound. Yes, which which is funny. Um, so one thing that it, that's that's interesting to me is that Patrick Latchman, who was the singer from Damage Plan, was a guitarist on the two Halford albums we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So he had he had that kind of I guess groove influence on on the band.
0: I I Go agree. Ahead. Pat Patrick definitely gave uh, the second album more of a groove than uh than the first album and that may that also may be have to do with the fact that he may have been given a little bit more leeway as far as the songwriting is concerned
1: well he wrote on the first album um he he actually was a writer on several of the songs including resurrection uh, locked and loaded nightfall i think he wrote maybe a little bit more on the second album but obviously, damage plan came after Pantera, so he wasn't really linked with that until later um, but you know artists have their inclinations, and I definitely feel like uh, there's there's a definite possibility that the, a lot of these guys had a pretty strong influence on the second album
0: no so what i was what I was getting at with um the the songwriting is that sometimes you know like. like Halford, you know, obviously he's been around forever. So he puts together this band, but he probably came, especially with all the lyrics that he had, he probably came with a lot of ideas already kind of figured out. And so Latchman and and Metal Mike probably just kind of rounded off a lot of the songs, maybe gave a a few riffs here and there. But I think when they came together for the second album, I I think they brought more to the table. That's just my guess. Because it seems like there's a little bit uh, such a different vibe from one album to the next
1: oh yeah i i definitely agree the first one feels more like a judas priest kind of not just to use the name of the album resurrection you know it's uh it's a return to form whereas the second one was a little bit more uh exploratory and in the way that it's it's a lot darker
0: yeah i was i was reading just before we started the show i was reading how a lot of people thought that crucible was very judas priesty and i'm like i don't get it i get it more out of resurrection than i do out of crucible to me resurrection is a lot more like priest but you know they maybe
1: they, more like judas priest of the time because the stuff that judas priest was putting out with with ripper was Kind of similar to Crucible.
0: That, you know, it's, that, that it's might a little be that, Right, That might be the case. What I'm thinking is, as far as Halford's concerned, Halford's priest versus Halford's resu- you know, resurrection.
1: I disagree. I think I think that resurrection is much closer to Halford's version of priest.
0: But that's what I'm saying.
1: No, I know. I know that's what you're saying. Uh-huh. I'm just saying who, whoever's saying this. You said that there were people disagreeing, or people saying that they felt like Crucible. I'm disagreeing with
0: them. Right, right. So I disagree with them as well. So we both disagree with that. <laughs> but but you're right in that they may have been comparing it to Ripper's version of Priest and Crucible trying to be almost like that. That There, there is that comparison. You're, I agree with that, if that's what they're talking about.
1: I, I I tend to think maybe that is what it is, because I would say Crucible feels a lot like Jugulator in places. And the one thing that... that you can never say about the, the albums with Judas Priest with, with Rob Halford was that it was moody. I mean they were always very bright for for metal albums. And this is not bright. This is this is a lot darker.
0: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. To me it's weird. Like if you were to take small deadly space out of nineteen ninety five and put it in the two thousands there's a lot of similarities between that and Crucible. Not so much with War of Words and Resurrection, but definitely with, with Small Deadly Space and Crucible being closer to each other. But, you know, Halford had, you know, mild success with Fight. I think he had more success with Halford as a as solo band. Um, I think they were pretty big in, in Japan. And he, he played a lot Japan,
1: of... Japan, South America, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then here here in the States, he was probably doing... I mean, I know he did a bunch of House of Blue shows, so he was doing some you know, medium-sized club gigs. So, I, again, to me, it's one of those things... There was very similar argument where, in this particular case, you know, where it's a true factor, the sum is greater than the parts, however that saying goes. Because Rob couldn't necessarily pull it by himself with his band. Priest couldn't pull it by themselves with a different singer. Same as Maiden. Maiden with Blaze Bailey just couldn't pull it out. They did some big shows in South America, but everybody does big shows in South America. <laughs> you know? And and Bruce he was he couldn't get past being very similar to Rob. Kim couldn't, couldn't get past being a club guy. But but combined, the, the the two powers each combined. Now, Maiden is much bigger than Judas Priest is, but Maiden as 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 a unit with Bruce, and then you throw in Adrian. I mean, obviously you, you you know where they're at. They're they're one of the biggest bands in the world. Judas Priest, unfortunately, uh, I think they suffer a different fate for a lot of different reasons. And That's something that we'll go into another time on another show, but. They were still better than the individual parts combined. They're much better act, Rob Halford with Judas Priest.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, and they have name recognition. They have they have the classic albums behind them. You know, people are always going to gravitate towards those those early albums that affected them when they were young, and and Judas Priest is is going to be judas priest until i mean long after we passed away mm-hmm. that people aren't going to remember a lot of the other albums from the solo stuff and from you know from other projects as well as the main the, the name judas priest
0: right i mean at least at least we know that you know the the name the metal god rob halford will will live on for quite a long time Hmm. um and, and speaking of of fight albums um so last year on record store day actually for last year last um black friday thanks last thanksgiving 2019 war of words was released on vinyl and this year on record store day which was supposed to happen in april but it was pushed back a small deadly space uh is being released on vinyl Record Store Day this year is happening over three different months. It's August, September, and October, I believe. Fights, Small, Deadly Spaces being released in the August uh, release. Bunch of releases that are coming out for Record Store Day. So, yeah, so they're, they're doing three individual ones. I guess to socially distance <laughs> the albums from each other, <laughs> give give people a chance to you know get one at a time. I guess. So that that will be released this year as well. So that's pretty cool. So that'll that'll complete my collection when I get Small Deadly Space this year. You know, collection, oh, that's awesome. The collection of two, <laughs> not the band, the <laughs> not co- the band quantity.
1: Too. <laughs> <laughs> we still need to collect that one,
0: <laughs> man. You know when that album two came out, I was one of the first people to buy it. I was like totally expecting. It. So yeah, I was kind of into industrial. metal. I mean, I liked Marilyn Manson at the time. I was in, you know into Rob Zombie and and. White Zombie, I thought it would be a cool deal. I liked Nine Inch Nails. But then I took that thing home and I listened to it. I'm like, oh my God, what a pile of trash this this album is. I took a pin and I scratched straight across the face of that CD. And I went to bring it back. And they would not return it unless they gave me another one. It was basically an exchange for the same item. Which is what the music industry at the time was doing, but Best Buy really, really held tight to that policy. And uh you know, the record store that I used to work at, if I would have saw something like that as a manager, I would have said, Hey, go get go get whatever you want. But man, that was I tried. I still have it scratched. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was uh it was just not something I wanted to hear anymore. And I listened to it today, and it's still not something here. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear.
1: Yeah, I actually picked that album up years ago because I didn't really know anything about it. You know, I was such a big Judas Priest fan that I, I found it at my favorite record store back in the day, which was Diamond Head Records. It's no longer around. But I I've picked up that album, and I listened to it once, and that was about it. It's just not my thing. I, I've never liked industrial metal. It just didn't do anything for me whatsoever
0: understood i know how that is it's, it's it's a tough thing i remember you know when i started working at the record store industrial metal was just beginning to to take hold um was this fear factory was I had already released their uh, their debut album and so that was the movement that was coming in the near future i wasn't necessarily against it i wasn't necessarily you know all into it but I wasn't gonna turn down a good song, so if it, if it had a different kind of sound to it, something I had to get uh, adjusted to, and I, I I got into some of it, not into all of it, you know. And it just it, in the end, it just wasn't my thing. Went into a different direction, but I still respect all the stuff they had, you know. Like Ministry was was the I guess the first one to come up with that kind of sound, Al Jorgensen. and then you know Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Blew the door off of that.
1: Yeah, yeah it just just one one a, a, a style of music that really appealed. Uh, yeah, of course, there's going to be songs here or there that are that are pretty cool, but overall, just not my thing.
0: And and if you think about War of Words, there was nothing industrial about it. But if you listen carefully to the guitar tone and the guitar sound on it, it is something that could easily lend itself to a remix that would make it industrial. And it wouldn't be very hard Let's but, just hope that doesn't happen Yeah, let's hope it doesn't Because it's, <laughs> it's perfect the way it is <laughs> So what else do you have on on uh, Halford As far as uh, the albums are concerned Because I know you said you were a fan of the, the Made of Metal
1: Yeah, I, I mean I, I really love Made of Metal um, I listened to it a lot when it came out I know the lyrics are cheesy but What a uh, great album From metal, you know, from that era of those bands is not kind of cheesy, you yeah. know. The early Iron Maiden was really cheesy, but that, I, I think that's kind of the appeal. Sometimes it it it's fun.
0: Yeah, you know? the, the title track so, reminds me of like a like a boxing match.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 very high energy. It's uh, it's really interesting as far as like. The imagery that, that comes into your mind, from what I understand, it's about a like a race car, but mm-hmm. but it's still, yeah, it's 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 like a, some kind of competition. You can feel right. that. So one other thing I wanted to mention was Halford did a live album in 2000, which was called uh, – or I guess it came out in 2001, but it was recorded in 2000 – was uh, Live Insurrection – and what's so cool about that is you're getting songs from the Halford albums, you're getting some material from Fight, you're getting Judas Priest material, and it's it's just awesome. You're even getting the, the, the one you love to hate with Bruce Dickinson on there. So it's 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 a great live album. I know it's not super high regarded, but uh, if you're a fan of Halford, definitely listen to it.
0: I You know, I like that album a lot. I actually... Downloaded a Japanese version of it that has some extra bonus tracks, some extra live tracks on it, which mm-hmm. is cool. Cause I have that version. Yeah, yeah he does a, a a live album, live version of Blackout from the Scorpions. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> what 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 I'm kind of disappointed in, in it's uh, uh, with Fight is that there's not a lot of live stuff. But they yeah, did they did come out not. when they remixed and remastered the albums. They did come out with a a DVD kind of box set type of thing, real small. That had a bunch of bootleg live shows on there, which I thought that was pretty cool. You don't get to see Rob in that setting, literally t-shirt and jeans, and, and not even t-shirt. It was shorts, you know, because that was the time that that was the style. You had you know combat boots, shorts, t-shirts, and, and chains hanging off your belt. Um, and even in some cases, he just wore a tank top that was just really bit way too big for him. <laughs> But.
1: Well, I'm I'm fine with the bootlegs. I mean, I I've really enjoyed this stuff that's been coming out for death. Like I've mentioned mm-hmm. several times now, um, and that's sometimes that's all we're gonna get because the fight's gone. They're not they're not coming back. I mean, they, they always could. You never know, but the likelihood you're never gonna get that time period
0: either. No. So yeah.
1: sometimes it's all we have is those 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 bootlegs.
0: Yeah, and like I said, it, it's it's video stuff from from clubs and things like that, and it's really cool perspective, and it, and it was released with demo versions of the first album War of Words, the remix version of War of Words, which I think there's something lacking. I guess it's a little drier on the remix versions. I don't like them as much, and normally I most remixes. Uh, let me take that back. Remixes can be a 50-50 shot. Some are going to be better. Some are not going to be... like I like Disturb's first album. They At the 10th anniversary, they remixed it. I think it sounds more like a band as opposed to more... It's not as processed as the first album, as the first version mm-hmm. of it. This one...
1: Well, I mean, uh, it, on the counter... Um, would be Pantera with Cowboys from Hell. Oh, that was the, a remaster? The, that was oh.
0: terrible. No, the, yeah, the remaster on that one was that bad. That That's not a remix, though. Where the Disturbed one was a remix. Gotcha. Um,
1: well, I, I but You said remix and remaster, yeah, yeah. so I was just mentioning the remaster, so, which, it,
0: I th- which I think was terrible. Yeah, it was. And in comparison, let's say, look, look at what Mustaine did with the, with the Megadeth records. He remixed them and remastered them, and those remixes are nowhere near as good as the originals. Yeah, I,
1: mean, I, I totally agree. The, I like the original version.
0: The only one that improved was uh, Killing Is My Business.
1: It definitely improved on Killing Is My Business, but these booths is still messed up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of... Now there's three different versions that exist of that. Version one is the original that sounds like crap. Version two is the, this, the original that has got the lyrics edited out that sounds better. And the third one sounds great. Lyrics are different. So it's like you don't get anything really good out of it. But it sounds great, but there's, there's, there's a, something about knowing that it was not just remastered, uh, not just remixed, but there was parts that were re-recorded. And that, to me, is you're, you're, you're changing history. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between remixing something because the tracks are the same. Yeah, you change history, but you're not changing, you're not like replacing physical parts of the song. You're just changing the way it sounds to the ear, um, which I think that's the reason why people didn't like the the the, the later albums like Rust and Peace and and Countdown because it didn't sound like the way you remembered.
1: Exactly, uh-huh. and I've I've said that millions of times, and that's why I'm so happy that with uh, Merciful Fate they're releasing them as they were.
0: Yes, that's that's the cool thing. I mean, they're literally releasing them, taking the original. Vinyl tapes, or however, they were mastered the first time, and just slapping them onto a CD and and, and onto vinyl—that's mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. Even though their albums have been remastered, and they don't sound bad, they they, they sound good. Um, I wouldn't take anything away from that. But you know, when you when you're an old school guy, like I guess like King Diamond is, he wanted to hear it the way it came out in 1982, 1983. So oh. he did, they did a good job. I can't wait to get my copy of Nuns Have No Fun in, in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm still waiting on mine too.
0: But getting back to fight, War of Words, and and a small deadly space were both remixed and remastered. I don't necessarily think that they're better. They're definitely different, but it, it's it's cool to have in the collection. So, and then there's a demo CD out there as well for for War of Words. Yeah. So that brings us to this week's big four. Big four Rob Halford solo songs, if you want to put it that way. I don't remember who went first last week.
1: I can go first. All right. You can go first. <laughs> All right. So number four is going to be a track off of uh, Halford Four, which I just mentioned earlier, Fire and Ice. It's just a really cool song. Rob is harmonizing with himself, and it's it's really cool. It's, it's another one of those where it's an interesting story, and I... I just really love the track and I've listened to it about a thousand times and I'm going to keep listening to
0: it. <laughs> so,
1: there you go. Second, I'm uh, sorry for number three. Uh, that would be uh, the one you love to hate on resurrection. It's a, it's a duet with uh, one of the greats Bruce Dickinson. It is an awesome song. Another with really good harmony. Uh, that's something I've always loved in music. And it's just a really fun song and it's awesome to get to hear the two of them together for number two uh that's going to be into the pit off of uh, war of words and i love that version and i love the version off of live (laughs) insurrection the version off of live insurrection has such a cool brutal intro and (laughs) it's it's definitely worth listening to i really enjoy that song and uh it's it's to me it's fight's best song and it's the first song you hear and uh number one is probably going to be a surprise because i don't know if most people know this song because it was a bonus track uh, but that's sad wings off of uh, the remastered version of resurrection or the japanese bonus track and i absolutely love that song his vocals range is definitely Showing its its full potential there, and it's an awesome track. And if you haven't heard it, definitely listen to it.
0: I haven't heard that in a while. I, I've I've played his albums, and I let him play through. You know when I'm working in the garage and stuff like that. So, I, it definitely is not something I've heard in a while. I'm definitely going to listen to it again tomorrow morning. Maybe even after the show. We hang up on the show. I gotta say, I that is definitely one I haven't heard in a while. And same thing that goes with um, Fire and Ice. I've never really gotten into that album. I listened to the first track and I've never really gotten too deep into it. So I may be dismissing it unnecessarily, but it's not something that I've gotten into. So none of the songs that I picked for my big four are from Halford four.
1: (laughs) I I figured not, but I I really like that album.
0: That's cool. Now, oddly enough, I'm looking at my list and I wrote it backwards. Uh, What I was supposed to be number four is actually my number one. And so, Um, Let me go ahead and do it the right way here. Number four for me is Vicious from the War of Words album. It is definitely a song that is true to its name. It is in your face. It's brutal. It is vicious. Number three, just like yours, The One You Love to Hate, the duet with Bruce Dickinson. It's, it's It's a great song. I love to listen to it. Love to crank that song up. Number two for me is War of Words from the War of Words. That there's something about that song that is just like again, that it's such a, a raw and emotional angry album and that song just says it all. Because, you know, he, he talks about the Constitution, you know, he literally reads off a portion of the Constitution at the beginning of the song and in the uh middle of the song. And it's it's so even though it's not, I guess, deep in terms of like a personal experience, maybe it is, but there's a, definitely a lot of emotion in that song. And my number one song is Resurrection from the Resurrection album. I love that song. I love the way he sings it. I love the attack in that song. I love the story behind it. Just the autobiographical nature of the song is incredible. Love that song. Love the way he sings it. He's, he's top form in 2000.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Alright, so that's it for Debating Metal this week. Uh, be sure to tune in next week when we're once again exploring the sore thumbs of our favorite bands with Odd Album Out Part 2. We'll also be back again with more Rusty Metal and Freshly Forged recommendations. I'm Chris Kay. On behalf of Kenneth Dean, remember, always turn it up to 11. 11. <laughs>